It's the latest environmental crisis. We have a plastic garbage shortage. I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, and this episode of Right Angles brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. And gentlemen, this comes from the pages of the Wall Street Journal, where we learn that indeed there's a plastic garbage shortage. The uh, companies who make plastic packaging are committed to uh, increasing the amount of recycled material that they use in those plastic packages. And companies like Nestle and Coca-Cola are all trying to use more recycled uh, plastics. And unfortunately, um, the polyethylene terephthalate uh, or PET that they use to make this is in short supply at high prices. The price of PET flakes has gone to a dollar a pound when just a little less than two years ago, it was at 64 cents. And at least in the United States, it now costs about 20% more to use recycled plastic containers or bottles uh, than it does to use good, wholesome, oil-based virgin <laughs> plastics. Uh, Stephen Green, this is uh, an interesting story because it seems like not so many years ago, we were doing a story about how everybody was putting their recycling bin out on the uh, sidewalk or the curb uh, to be picked up, but there wasn't much of a an aftermarket for the product that came from that recycling stuff. And now the demand has risen so high that there's actually a shortage of throwaway plastic bottles. Uh, what do you make of this latest environmental crisis? Well, there's nothing that the left can do right. They banned plastic straws, and now we don't have enough leftover plastic to uh, to recycle. This this is entirely on them. And the thing is, I was never that into recycling, but the, there are market forces at work here, and this is great. I'll get to that in a sec. I was never that into recycling. I'd read years ago, back when I still took a newspaper. In fact, I was taking three newspapers. I got my local paper. I got the Wall Street Journal. I got the New York Times. And then I got all three major news weeklies. I, I I can't even tell you how many newspapers and magazines I got if you summed it all up, but it was a lot. And I was throwing out a lot of paper and people asked me, well, why aren't you recycling this paper? And I told them I'd read uh, fairly recently and fairly recently in this case was is now 30 years ago that it was actually taking more resources to store all of this unneeded <laughs> paper, unwanted paper than it was saving. Uh, well, that's just ridiculous. People are people feel good because they think they're doing the right thing. But in fact, we were wasting resources trying to recycle all of this paper. Or I should say, trying to save all of this paper as individuals for recycling. So there was just no call for it. And I don't get a newspaper anymore. I don't think anybody does. We get it all on the web. It's great. Um, but now I have to wonder, if we're running out of plastics to recycle, it sure as hell isn't because we're not using enough plastics. I bet I could knock a dime off that dollar price for recycled PET if I just start pulling unused toys out from under my 11-year-old's bed right now. <laughs> 10 cents a pound, easy. So why isn't this money, why isn't this extra money going to the people like you, me, parents everywhere, consumers of disposable products. Why aren't we seeing a cut of this? You give us a cut and I guarantee you, we can provide the supply. 
Now, Bill Whittle, uh, it's interesting the contrast between the United States and Europe because, of course, we perceive that Europe is much more socially conscious and environmentally friendly and sensitive than uh, than the United States is. And in fact, if you look at the recycling rate uh, in the U.S., it's about 30% of those recyclable products actually make it to the recycling centers. Uh, in Europe, it's like 64%. However, I noticed in this story that Europe has set a goal for itself to get uh, their plastic packaging up to 25% of that being made of recycled materials by 2025. And Bill, they're only at 5% now. Uh, this, What's the U.S. at, do you know? Uh, it didn't say that, but it's but this is Europe that is setting this goal for themselves. But it's interesting that they are, you know, we perceive them to be so sensitive about it. And everybody's taken their plastics out to the, yeah. the, the, the recycle bin. But apparently it's not getting uh, put into use in the marketplace. Um, how do you think that um, the government should address this latest crisis of a shortage of PET? Well, first of all, regarding the European issue, uh, what did you say they're at now? It's 5%? Yes. They recycle, 65% of their plastic is recycled, but only 5% of it actually gets made into something. Is that right? Uh, that's Roughly? what it sounded like. It's yes. Wow. Yes. Would make a cynical person think that maybe this whole recycling thing is essentially just a form of virtue signaling that is not providing any real impact or any kind of economic manufacturing uh, uh, output of any kind. But- I'm sure the Europeans are well aware of this uh, critical problem. I'm much more interested in this idea that 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 there is a a market for uh, for used plastic. That that there is now a market for it. That it is a commodity. Um, as we mentioned on the backstage show, the United States went from being utterly dependent on Middle East oil to being uh, under the Trump administration the world's largest exporter of oil and energy. For the simple reason that if crude oil is at a certain price, let's say 50 cents a, gal, a, a, a barrel, and the Arabs have lots of crude oil, great. And if it takes $2.50 to get shale oil, then we keep buying crude. But if the price of, of, of oil goes up to $3 a barrel, I'm just submitting these numbers, obviously, then there's a profit in shale. Then there's an actual reason to go after the shale because you can sell it for more than it costs you to go get it. And it's those rising oil prices that led to us having so much available oil. We went after more expensive oil because oil got more expensive. And we happen to have an awful lot of that difficult to get to oil. Same thing with the, with the plastic, right? Um, as long as it's cheaper to make new plastic, then plastic's going to be thrown away. When used plastic becomes valuable enough, then entire companies through the magic hand of capitalism will start to find a way to make money by bringing in used plastic. And this is the solution to the plastic garbage problem. Make it worth somebody's while to go out and get it. We can talk about what we should do all the time, but if if what you're saying is true, and it seems, seems certainly seems true, whatever the reason, if recyclable plastic becomes more valuable than uh, than raw oil needed to make new plastic, then we'll start seeing shows on Discovery like Deadliest Catch, where uh, fishermen go out into the Pacific with giant nets and they scoop up all of these plastic things, put them in a boat, bring them back because it is a profitable thing for them to do. And not only will that happen in America, it'll happen from where the plastic is actually coming from, 
98% of which comes from India, China, and Southeast Asia. The West contributes essentially nothing to ocean plastic these days. So it's a win-win-win. All the stuff, look, it's a very simple thing to understand, Scott. Used to be that it was cheaper to throw something away than it was to keep it. Now, the stuff that we're throwing away is more valuable, and so we won't throw it away anymore. And the stuff that we did throw away, we'll go out and get, and sell it for a profit, and the world rises again through the miracle of enlightened self-interest. You know, sometimes you get the idea that the oil that we draw from the ground is actually more of a renewable resource than any of the alleged recyclable stuff that uh, that's already being thrown around in various places on the planet. And I think if I had to make a prediction, within the next hundred years, they're going to discover that, in fact, the earth is not like a giant uh, ball filled with oil that's now been drained down to, you know, 30% of its previous total, but that oil Oil is actually being manufactured underground continually and that we will never exhaust the supply of oil. But we may never get to find that out because we will be doing things like this where we're, you know, desperately trying to find the recycled uh, PET chips so that we can make bottles so that we can virtue signal to our shareholders and tell them that Coca-Cola makes 50% of every bottle or 50% of the bottles that we make out of uh, recyclable plastic. I think Bill has the right idea. And I I picture myself um, as being uh, running one of those crews because, you know, it's a competition. You don't just go out there and try to catch that plastic. You got to go out there and compete with the other boats that are trying to catch that plastic. And I'm going to be out there captaining my boat, the Virgin PET, and I will be out there with a, a brand new pure virgin oil-based boat uh, hull and gathering that stuff up. The other thing that occurs to me is when I was walking the other day uh, around a little lake that is uh, just out my back window here, um, I'm walking deep in the woods on a trail that runs along the lakeside and decided that I would get off the trail and just walk through the woods uh, themselves. And if you doubt me on this, I'll send you pictures of the scratches all over my legs that uh, ensued from that adventure. But while I was back there, I actually kind of startled this guy who was walking around with a bag in the woods, picking up aluminum cans. Now, why is he picking up aluminum cans? Because he can take that stuff and he can sell it by the pound to some company that takes that aluminum and recycles and uses it. Years and years ago, children, most of you not being able to recollect this, uh, there used to be a thing where after you drank your bottle of Coke that came in a glass bottle, which, by the way, is the only way Coca-Cola truly tastes the way it should, is when it's in a glass bottle that is just icy cold. Yes. So once you got done with that, you would take the bottle back to the store and they'd give you a nickel. I think we need to start doing that with plastic bottles. I think you you need to be able to return the plastic. Wouldn't that be great? That's like the ultimate recycling thing. Now that it's economically feasible to do so, your local grocer should take that bottle back and they can wash it and refill it or chop it down into little PET flakes and make new bottles out of it. Uh, I too, along with Bill and Steve, love the market forces uh, that are taking care of this problem. Uh, There was an old saying attributed to Calvin Coolidge, uh, the president of the United States, for those of you who are just um, waking up. Um, that was attributed to Calvin Coolidge, who said, if you see 10 problems coming down the road, just stand still. Nine of them will run into the ditch before they get to you. And I feel like we spend a lot of time 
being alarmed about things that are about to happen and we don't let that vibrant market forces engine take care of things the way they will. We still continue to struggle with this idea that somehow all of us are smarter than any small group of us. In other words, that if you just leave people to their own devices, they will be motivated by their own ambitions to find ways to solve our greatest problems. We're seeing it again and I love it. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Odd. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. 